Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Oh no! What's that? What's that? Skip. <laughs> Sarah's in the studio and she's ready to go for the latest edition of the Food Bites podcast. Well, we better get to her right now. Oh, she's got an attitude? Yeah, you're done tooting there, Skip. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier and Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. That wasn't a bad impersonation. And uh, and we really do have uh, one of the stars of that television show, that iconic television show, oh, Kevin, is our guest. I'm even more excited than usual, and that's saying a lot because I loved What's that, Skip? Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Sarah's a bit excited. It was It was actually one of the uh, the... It was my world during my childhood. And, it's a um, massive show. Well, it was Australia's most successful television export. Well, I'm not sure how many countries it, it uh, finished up showing in, but many, it's still many. showing in some now. Yeah, and we've got uh, one of the stars who, who first won the role of Mark Hammond on, uh, on the show at the age of 16. Yep. Ken James is our Food Bites guest. We're very excited and about And might it. we say he's done many, many, many things in the Australian entertainment industry since then, Ken James. He starred in Skyways, The Box. The Box. He, he was, was an actor, playing an actor, being an actor, wasn't yep, he? he was. <laughs> something yeah. like that. And, of course, uh, as we'll find out in the chat, uh, he uh, stumbled into cooking on television he for did. a very long time, for a decade or more. Uh, with Bert Newton, but how that uh, developed, how that happened and uh, what it led to uh, is all coming up in this fabulous <laughs> chat with Ken. <laughs> now, looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to playing it because uh, we, we thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And all, of course, thanks to our very good friends at Oh, What's that, Skip? Cheese links. Crikey. They're very Can good, aren't they, Skip? please move this man out? <laughs> He's uh, driving me nuts. Talk, talk about <laughs> get stuck on <laughs> One particular uh, thing. The number of cheese links is 5282-1984. Mother's Day <laughs> is just around the corner. Uh, a Get yogurt your maker. A yogurt maker. A, a gift voucher. Yeah. Uh, Mum has probably been sitting around, you know, not doing a lot because she of COVID and all that sort of stuff. Cheese making workshop. Exactly right. Think outside the circle. Think outside or the, the square kitchen. even. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Any of those things that you want to think outside, do it. Think outside the yogurt maker mm-hmm. and move on to a, a Kevin, gift Kevin, just voucher. think outside. Five two, just go outside, Kevin. <laughs> What's that, Skip? Five two eight two one nine eight four. That is the number. Cheeselinks.com.au, uh, all the social media platforms as well. So make sure that uh, you support Janet and the people at Cheeselinks. They'll look after you. Good people. Let's get to our guest. He's been waiting a very long time. <laughs> So oh, I know, I know, I know. But Ken James isn't and he's on now. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Our guest on Food Bites is, uh, well, a well-known uh, actor, granddad mm-hmm. and celebrity chef, Ken James. Welcome to our show. Hello. Good, good morning. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, just to start off, to establish things, where in this wonderful country do we find you these days? Well, we have an apartment in Melbourne and we also have a house in Geelong. So we live between the two. We're currently in Geelong and I'm overlooking the beautiful Cryo Bay. It's just magnificent. Uh, I love it down here. It's very peaceful. And as I said the other day to Kevin, we've got 10 grandchildren between us. <laughs> I love so it. Rosemary, Rosemary has six, I have four. And we spend a lot of time babysitting and, and just enjoy 
living and enjoying their life. Yeah. <laughs> now, we know that you're a perfect fit for this uh, show, Ken, because many television viewers would remember that uh, apart from being an actor, you're actually a TV chef. You're a passionate cook. Well, I'm a bloke who likes to cook. I never regarded myself as a chef. <laughs> uh, for many years, I, if we ever we went overseas, you know, in those days, <laughs> oh, yeah. when we, we were allowed to go overseas, I'd do a course or something, you know, either in Paris or in Indonesia, uh, Malaysia, and I just have a passion for cooking. I, I do enjoy it, but I'm not a chef. <laughs> what uh, what kind of food are you at most at home cooking? What do you like to cook at home? I, I do a crossover of French and Asian. I call it Chinois, mm-hmm. which is Asian French. And I do like I have an entree of maybe an entree of Asian food and a main course of French or vice versa. Combine the both. It just seems to go really well. Uh, do you spend a lot of time in the kitchen these days, Ken? Yeah, I, I do. I love cooking. As a matter of fact, I, I, I prefer to cook the meals. And uh, I do. I do. My my domain's a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so the grandkids are growing up uh, eating what? What are you What are you knocking up for the grandkids? Well, well, they love everything. I mean, my youngest is our youngest is two, and our eldest is about to turn eighteen. And we've got uh, we've got five five living in uh, in Melbourne. The rest live in Geelong. Uh, we we spread ourselves around. Look, we we often have dinner parties. We often have lunches. And just the other day we had a lunch. And uh, the family come together. It's, it's very important. I think the most important meal, the room in the kitchen is the kitchen. I'm sorry. The most important room in the house is the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very European. See, Rosemary's background is Italian. Um, her father was Calabrese. Her mother was Sicilian. So there's an Italian background there, but I I do prefer to cook. Although she's a very good cook, but I prefer to cook. Do you uh, find your eating habits have changed over time, Ken? Oh, not really. I just love food. I'm not a big eater. As I often say to friends of mine, they say, how do you stay so slim? I say, well, I don't eat huge portions. I do enjoy food, but only in small amounts. So what's the, uh, what's the you know, the moustache twirling uh, version of uh, you in the kitchen? What do you do that you know I absolutely well, nail this? Well, Rosemary loves my osso buco. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. And I love bouillabaisse. I, oh, I, I love seafood. Yeah. So I make a pretty good bouillabaisse. Uh, but, but having said that, you know, like, what do you like? <laughs> I say people, when I invite people for dinner, I say, what would you like? Um, the rule of thumb is I do the entree main and Rosemary will do the sweet. And she always gets a standing ovation for her sweet. <laughs> she's brilliant. You know, she's brilliant. <laughs> do you have a sweet tooth, Ken? Well, yeah, I guess I do. I, matter of fact, this morning, it's, it's the funny thing you ask. This morning when I woke up, I said, I must ask Rosemary to make me a lemon meringue pie. Oh. I've, got, I've got really fond memories of my mum, who was a pretty, pretty good cook, making la- apple pies and lemon meringue pies. And they're old favourites. And I've really got this hankering for a lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I don't blame you. Was the kitchen the source of uh, family for you when you were growing up as well? Extremely, most certainly. Yes. Well, I was born in Sydney. I didn't come to Melbourne until uh, I did a TV series called The Box. So I, I was cast by Hector Crawford, who the Crawford Productions, and I was living in Sydney uh, and I was commuting between Sydney and Melbourne to work my weekend in Sydney, my week in Melbourne filming, and after 13 weeks, Hector Crawford called me into his office and said, dear boy, have you considered living in Melbourne? <laughs> and, and I said, what a good idea, Your, your Highness. So I, <laughs> I decided to, to relocate to Melbourne. And I've got to tell you, it's the best decision I've ever made. I Look, Sydney was my home, but Melbourne is definitely my home. And, and I followed the Mighty Hawks, ah, at my own footy team. Well, when I first arrived in Melbourne to, to live, I met Ronald Dale Barassi 
who at the time was the coach of North. Mm. And he said to me, mate, if you're going to live in, in Melbourne, you've got to follow a footy team. Yeah. And he invited me down to Arden Street. And I went down there. I just didn't feel a fit. And about a week later, I bumped into Lee Matthews, who was then the captain of Hawthorne, and he said, come down to Glenferry, meet the boys. <laughs> and I walked in there and met uh, Peter Knight. And what a lovely young man. Yeah. Thought, what a great guy. And from then on, that, from that moment on, I become brown and gold. Oh, oh I can go. see what that was meant to be, wasn't it? And the other good yeah, thing about, good fit. <laughs> great thing about Melbourne, as I'm sure you're aware, Ken, is we do the best coffee in Australia. Are you a coffee man? Oh, we do. I love my coffee, but I don't have many. Uh, when, when I first met Rosemary, she was working at Telstra as a senior executive and, and a high-pressure job, and she was having like 10, 12 coffees a day. Mm. And I said, what? Are you insane? <laughs> said that was her sort of adrenaline thing, where I have about two, maybe three. Whenever we go, the best coffee we've had was in Dubai. What? Wow. Amazing coffee in Dubai, incredible coffee, yeah. Wow. It was amazing over there. But look, I do, obviously, Melbourne coffee is sensational, but we do spend some time in Rome, and, and when we get a chance to go to Italy, the coffee's pretty good there too. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, 10 years as, uh, as the celebrity chef on Bert's Good Morning Australia Not show. Not a chef, Kevin. Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> the celebrity cook on, uh, on on Good Morning Australia. Celebrity cook, yeah. <laughs> Bloke who likes to cook. Well, you're trying to be a sensible cook and do the thing there. And Bert's, Bert's uh, whole shtick is, you know, to take the you-know-what out of every situation and to make and, and have some fun. Was that a, was and, that and a challenge? It was a challenge, I've got to tell you. Look, look can I tell you, Kevin, cooking on camera is a challenge. Because of the hot lights and the time mm, constraints, yeah, yeah. you, you know, you're like my, the floor manager, Robbie, would say to me, you've got two minutes. I said, what can I do in two minutes? He said, you, whatever you do, it'll be fabulous, Ken. <laughs> 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 he was very supportive. But, yes, I mean, Bert's, Bert's thing was to take the, as you know what, out of it, the whole segment, and, and he'd made, try, try to cause as many problems as he could for me in the kitchen. But the audience seemed to like it, and we got on very well. Uh, on camera, we, you know, we really clicked. And that all kind of that by accident. I, I was woken by about six o'clock in the morning all those years ago by a phone call from one of the producers at Channel 10 saying someone has missed their flight from Sydney. We need you to cut. You, you cook, don't you, Ken? I said, well, yeah, I do. And they said, can you come in now and do a segment? And I said, what, now? They said, absolutely. So I jumped out, jumped in the shower. And as I'm in the shower, I'm talking on the phone Saying producer, can you get someone to go and get me some mushrooms and some pasta and buy all this stuff? And I got into the oh, wow. studio, did the segment. At the end of the segment, Leanne Mercer, who was then the, the executive producer of the show, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Bert would like you to be a regular. Oh, wow. And I did it for 10 years. <laughs> My goodness. That, that, so it came about by accident. It's one of those random uh, things in life, isn't it, that was meant we to be? We just make... clicked. Bert yeah. and I clicked on camera. We had this uh, chemistry. As I seem to have with Ernie Sigley, that's how it all started. When I was doing the box out of Channel O in those days, mm. um, Ernie Sigley was doing a, an early Sigley, uh, early tonight show starting at 6, 6.30 p.m. And, and he just said to me one day in the corridor, hey, mate, you like to cook, don't you? And I said, <laughs> well, yes, I, uh, I, I do, Ernie. He said, well, come on the show and you know, give, it, give it a crack. So I, I went on the show and I gave it a crack and we just clicked. And, oh, and he wow. said to me, he said, you're, you're the new Denise Drysdale. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, Denise and I really worked well together and you and I have just clicked tonight on camera. He said, my wife, Denise, uh, Glennis, pardon me, sorry, Glennis phoned me and said, you found him. You found your partner. 
goodness me. That was nice to know. That was <laughs> nice. Um, Ken, we, we've just uh, touched briefly on uh, your time on uh, the box. I'm almost reluctant to ask you this question because I fear that people throughout the course of your life have just wanted to talk about it all the time, and I fear you might be a little bit bored with the topic. But, oh, um, no, they talk about Skip. No, Skippy's yeah, the one that talks so about it. so iconic. You were so young, um, and, yeah. and I imagine people still want to talk about it today. Of course. I get, I get fan letters from all around the world. I get emails from people all over the world asking me about the Skippy series, and which is fine. I mean, I, you've got to remember, I'm turning 73 this year. Mm. In November, I turned 73. And when I did Skippy, I was 16. Mm, and, and the box brought me to Melbourne. But, I mean, I've done shows like Skyways and Sons and Daughters and Over There and Barrier Reef and um, Pugwool and Cat's Paw and a lot of plays for the Melbourne Theatre Company. And I've had a pr- pretty good career. I've yep. enjoyed my career very, very much, and, and the things that go with it. I've met some amazing people and been in some amazing places, and they're, to me, the pluses. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we have such fond memories, and look at that yeah, skippy absolutely. in a very nostalgic way, but I guess from your point of view, it was a lot of hard work, I imagine, at that age. Well, I was, see, I was very lucky. I, what had happened was I'd won a scholarship to NIDA, and um, Channel 9 had made the pilot for Skippy. I was cast in, in Mark, the role of Mark Hammond. And Channel 9 had made the pilot, but they were procrastinating. They weren't deciding whether to go ahead with the series. The Packer family were umming and ahhing. And then my, my agent said, well, you know, you've been, you've been offered this scholarship tonight. You should take it up. Mm-hmm. So I did. And then after four days of attending university, my agent was called and said, we'd like to offer Ken a role in the Skippy series. <laughs> so I had to decide whether to go to university and study acting or appear on camera in a show called Skippy, which no one knew what it was or yeah. how successful it would be, and I went for the show. And not a bad decision. Well, you'd still say you went to NIDA. Yes. I was there for four days, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't use the word graduate after it, but you, you actually no. went to NIDA. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of good people came out. A lot of great you know, oh. people, a lot of straight, good straight actors came out of NIDA. Uh, but I... I, see, I was very lucky because I was learning on the job. I, I learned how to work in front of a camera. I learned how to work with other actors and the lighting and, and the sound. And I was being taught by amazing crew. And we had the best available. And that was, we did, we did 90, I think we did 96 episodes and a feature film over three and a half years. And just before it finished, the producer, Lee Robinson, said to me, Ken, Fauna Productions are going ahead with another series called Barrier Reef, mm. and you're in it. I said, huh, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're playing a scuba diver called Kip Young and you're filming on on Hayman Island and you'll be on Hayman for 12 months. And I said, I've got no say in this. They said, no, you're under contract to us. I went, okay. So then I spent my, I had my 21st birthday on Hayman Island doing, doing Barrier Reef. (laughs) But but, but funnily, now funny you should say that Sarah, because all my friends would say, you had a year on Hayman. How, how delicious. I say, yeah, a week's good. Yes. Yes. 10 days is fabulous. Two weeks is great. Try 12 months. <laughs> yes, yeah, the yeah. Grass is always different yeah. on the other oh. side, isn't it? I just yeah, want to ask. Wasn't, look, I was working. Yeah, I was working. Just one more question on Skippy before we move Please. on. But, um, Go ahead. And, and I just, look, I just wonder because his name came up the other day. Young Gary, young Gary Pankhurst was very young during the, the days he of Skippy. He was 10, he was 10 years old. And yeah. I can't help but feel because there's, you, you know, you cannot find very much online about Gary, but the, the, he, he was never comfortable with the adulation no, that came with a show no. like um, Skippy. Gary, Gary was a fabulous young, young man. The camera loved him. He was fiercely intelligent. 
Uh, he's amazing. He could remember lines like a whiz, mm. had a sharp mind. And unfortunately, his career began at 10 and ended at 14. Mm. He didn't want to be an actor. Mm. He wanted to be a little boy. Yeah. And he wanted yeah. to, he, and he's never pursued an acting career. And I've tried to contact him a couple of times and he's not interested. Yeah. He just wants to live his own life in private. Fair enough. Oh, good on him. Yeah. You, of course. Yeah, uh, Tony Bonner and I still talk on the phone regularly. Do you? Well, Tony oh, lives good. in Sydney. Oh, yeah, Tony and I are the helicopter pilot and Skippy. <laughs> and, of course, Tony, like myself, has done so many other things. But sadly, we lost Ed Deborah, who played my dad. Yeah. Lisa Goddard lives in London. I caught up with Lil a couple of years, quite a few years ago now. We were, funnily enough, we were doing a play, not together, the same author, uh, different plays, uh, in, in Adelaide. And the press found out about it and got us together for a lunch and had a photo opportunity. And it was great to catch up with her. But she lives in London. Okay. Yeah, she married it. She married Alvin Stardust or something, didn't she? <laughs> yes, I believe so. <laughs> didn't last her very oh, long. No, no. But, <laughs> but, trivia? You know, she, well, there you go. I mean, the, the show, as I said, three and a half years of my life. And there, you can imagine at 16, I was like a sponge. It was a very informative part of my, of my growing up. And I was very lucky to be being paid to be out in the bush, running around with animals, all sorts of animals, and great people—people people who taught me about working and, and and the working principles of being punctual, being on time. Mm. And, and Rosemary laughs at me because she says, "You know, you're so time oriented." But that was my job. You can't afford to be late. Yes. You? You, you can't arrive on a film set and be late. <laughs> the, it's it's all about says, professionalism, I, isn't it, Ken? It's um, well, exactly. Yeah. I, I've seen I've seen young actors try and explain to a director why they're late, and the director doesn't want to hear about it. One said to me one day, "There's only one excuse I'll accept if you're late, as if you're dead." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you you have a reputation for being a stickler for knowing your lines when you walk on on set and being absolutely one hundred percent prepared. Yeah, I was uh, my nickname, and uh, this was said about me. It was not me. <laughs> I said about me. Well, I was called One Take Ten, mm. and, and it, it happened while I was, <laughs> we were we were filming Skyways, and one of the cameramen left Channel Seven to go up to Sydney to work up there in Channel Seven. And lo and behold, when Skyways finished, sometime later, I ended up doing Sons and Daughters. So I get up, I get up there, and this cameraman's now working, and I walk into the studio, and he said in a very loud voice. Now, here's one take, Ken. He'll show you guys what it's like. <laughs> I went, oh, no, no, don't do this to me, please. And, of course, all the other, all the other crew looked at me and went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pressure. Hey, um, Ken, we, we know that you could throw a fabulous dinner party if uh, the situation called for it. If you could invite anybody, uh, dead or alive, who would be on your dream dinner party guest list? Oh, I wish you'd given me a warning about this oh. question because there are so many people. I mean, how many people? Can I have a buffet? You can, indeed. <laughs> and invite a whole room full of people. You yeah. can, indeed. <laughs> the, the, the list would be endless. You know, obviously my family would have to come first, invite them. And then some really, I mean, many years ago I was so fortunate. Uh, I met Tor Heyerdahl over in Perth and we got on so well, uh, the Contiki expedition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he said to the producer, it was one of those telethons over in Bunbury I was attending, and I, we, we're chatting away, and he said to the producer of the show, I'd like this young man to interview me on camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I was asked to interview Tor Heyerdahl. Wow. Yeah. You know, it was like blew me away. Um, at the Logies one year, Muhammad Ali was walking towards me, and I thought, I can't let this, this opportunity go. So I stood up, extended my hand and said, sir, it's an honour to meet you. And he shook my hand. And he said, very nice to meet you too. 
Oh, how lovely. Things like that. So little, I mean, 150,000 years ago, (laughs) it seems like it, I was at a cocktail party in Sydney and and, and got the opportunity to meet His Royal Highness Prince Charles. And and funnily enough, I said to him, your your Highness, um, your Royal Highness, uh, we, we have something in common. As you know, your birthday is the 14th of November, 1948, and my birthday is the 16th of November, 1948. Wow. And he looked at me and he said, did you say common? <laughs> oh, goodness <laughs> me. What a great wit. I mean, people like that, you, you, just moments like that, you think they're the kind of incidents that have occurred because of my involvement in show business that I cherish. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's a long way from doing a meat uh, pie commercial as a 12-year-old, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Kevin, that was my first appearance on television <laughs> when I was a baby. Yeah, my first thing on telly and I had my back to camera and I got paid, I got paid, I got paid, I was paid one pound 15 shillings and my father said, you earned a quid for doing that. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. My, 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 my mother and father, God rest their souls, you know, the working class family, the soul of the earth, wonderful people, um, but very much blue collar workers and, um, they couldn't understand that I could work in, in television for a short amount of time and earn that much money. Yeah. Um, you have a, a wonderful relationship with the police. Where, how did that start? Well, did that start with the box? Uh, well, funnily enough, a mate of mine who's now passed away, a very well-known police officer in, in Victoria, uh, called, uh, Kim West, and Kim West uh, approached me one day at a function and said, mate, we, I do a job with DTS, which stands for Detective Training School. And part of the course is to recreate crimes. We do, we do role playing. And would you be interested as an actor to play um, you know, like bank managers who get robbed or a witness to a sex crime or whatever the scenario takes place? I said, I'm more than happy to help that because, Kevin, quite frankly, I'm, I'm a very firm believer in the thin blue line. I've got a great respect for our Victoria Police, yep. and thank God we have them. Mm. Yep. So, cut a long story short, I got in, involved with DTS and started doing that for quite a while. And then after a while, um, uh, Neil Comrie was then the, the police commissioner, and I met Mr. Comrie, and I said, Mr. Comrie, um, I, we've got a problem. And he said, well, I've got plenty of problems. <laughs> no, no, join the queue. I said, no, Mr. Comrie, seriously, your detectives, as wonderful as they are, a lot of them don't know how to communicate effectively. And that's what it's all about. When you're in contact with the public on a day-to-day basis, you must be able to communicate effectively. And he says, I'm listening. Go on. He said, well, I really feel I can do an hour lecture on how to communicate effectively because we all, we all have different antennas. We all receive information differently. Mm-hmm. And quite the, the, the secret is to work out the way the person you're talking to wants to receive the information. Once you've done that, you can communicate effectively. So I did an hour's lecture for him. And did it for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Pro bono. Yeah. I did it for nothing because I believe in the thin blue line. So I was called on a regular basis to lecture at DTS on communications. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lovely relationship to have with them. What a wonderful and, and varied career you've had. And, and Ken, what we like yeah. to normally do to finish off is just ask our guest, um, if you had a cooking tip to impart or a kitchen tip, what would that be? Taste. Taste everything. Taste, yep. Season well and taste everything. Don't, and, and never leave a mistake. Never let a mistake leave the kitchen. Okay, yep. That's really good advice That's and simple advice. Yep. Beautifully done. Hey, Ken, it's been an absolute delight to catch up and have a chat to you. I'm glad life oh. is good and uh, and uh, you, have, you have such a sunny disposition yes. about life. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> 
Well, uh, my parents taught me that, you know. Yeah. Your glass has got to be half full, Kevin, and that's the important thing. A lot of people, uh, sadly, uh, look at the negatives. I look, try and look at the positives of life. Yeah, I'm with um, I, was di- I was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and my oncologist said, Ken, if you're going to get cancer, that's the one to get. Mm. So I said, we're going to fight this, and we have, and with, with um, chemotherapy. Now, look, when I was in, in hospital having my chemo, the, the gentleman next to me on the gurney next to me was Jimmy Steins, and oh, Jimmy sadly God. passed away. Yeah. You know, I was very, and he was a much younger, much fitter man than me, and I, I had a positive, not that Jimmy didn't. Jimmy was an amazing young man. What he, what he achieved in his short space of time was incredible. But I thought, you know, be positive. Don't let this thing get you. Be positive all the time. Yeah. No, delight to catch up with you, Ken, and uh, continued good health to you and uh, and look after those grandkids. Thanks, Ken. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Sarah, for having me on. And I, I really did ha- have a good time having a chat. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. There you go. Oh. What a great chat. What a lovely man. Yes, absolutely. What a, what a uh, as I said, an incredibly sunny disposition, half glass full every time. I love it. And I, I just love his professionalism and I can identify mm. with someone who says that his life um, on set revolved around being punctual. I mean, <laughs> the director that said to him, I'll only let you have one excuse if you're late. That's if you're you're dead. (laughs) You're dead, you've got an excuse for not turning up. Sorry, could he have been any nicer? I'm so pleased that he's lived up to all my expectations. Thank you so much, Ken James. That was probably one of the most enjoyable chats. And I must admit, when we talked about having Ken on the show, he said, oh, well, let's Google him. So you found uh, his uh, Mm -hmm. his website and then just rang him and uh, sent him an email and then had a chat with him. And and honestly, he could not have been nicer. And I was honestly reluctant to to bring up uh, Skippy because. Because he's, he has spent the last 50 years or more being yeah. badgered about Skippy. Yep. I mean, he's done so much since then. I would have been totally um, understanding if he had been reluctant to talk about it. But he was, no, go Absolutely. ahead, Sarah, ask whatever you like. Yeah, what a gentleman. Him. Thank no, you. Terrific bloke. Thanks, Ken. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Kevin. All right, let's get to our <laughs> Food Bites food poll. Oh, poll, some poll. people think this is beautiful or some think it was a monstrosity. <sighs> it was a picture I posted of a sushi cake made of rice and seaweed and fish and all fishy goodness. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought it's a bit of all right, but I better not say that because you'll probably spite me and Happy birthday get one to for my you. birthday. Happy birthday to you. It is you. a sushi cake, a sushi, sushi birthday cake, mm. yes or no. Okay. Cherie. Mm, probably not. Too much rice for me. Rob mm. Elliott or Washtown with a kale smoothie. Ah, you're you, sarcastic. Artie Stevens from Radio Bayside. Just nah, no way. God, no. Did I mention no? Terry Daniel from 2DD. I don't think so. Leonie K. Nay. Joe says, um, oh, if I was really hungry, perhaps. <laughs> And a little bit drunk. No, not a little bit. A little bit doesn't get it done, Joe. <laughs> Sharon says, sorry, nay. And uh, Gail says, yuck, in yep, capitals. Beautifully done. Sue says, I like sushi, but not in a birthday cake. Sarah says, nope. Tony Bennett says, oh. Hell no. Oh. A hunk of hunk of burning sushi cake. Sue says, big sushi fan, but nay from me. Lauren says, how dare anyone attach the word cake to this abomination of culinary ineptitude? She's channeling Wayne. If anyone showed up to my birthday with this, well, the bin is the only option for the cake 
too. <laughs> Kerry, I could not even be in the same car as that stink bomb, no, so I'll be leaving it at the shop, thank you. Lena says, interesting, it has possibilities. To which Rain, Wayne replies, Lena, the only possibilities it has are to give you food poisoning, breath that makes you an object of desire for <laughs> your cat, and an empty house as everyone will refuse your party invitations. Steve Woods adds, hmm, might grab another snot block, pet. <laughs> Fran, nay, no, no, not on your Nelly, just wrong. You, nah, I'd say that's a no. Yep. Silvana, it's a no from me. Bart says, it's a, a no from me. Colin says, I'm pretty sure I didn't see this in the Woman's Weekly Cookbook. I'm with you, Colin. <laughs> Rosemary Walton says, this, the presentation is dreadful, but I'd be into stacking the rolls. <laughs> now, how do you say yeah, that again? Croc and Bosch. Yes, that's it, style, as a savoury celebration hey, cake. Hey, there's an idea. Yes, well, Colin uh, mentioned that in a later post that uh, we didn't make it into the cut oh. here. Steve Quartermain says, hello. Uh, Dave said, let us never speak of this again. Higo says, that's the most... Heinous thing I have ever seen. Kill it with fire. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Kate Stevenson. Depends. Is the alternative a tish sandwich? What well, uh, well, it's uh, like a tish. Uh, yeah. And Peacock. I think it could be worth a try. No. Ash says, oh, God, no. That's made me dislike sushi and cake at the same time. Dizzy says, uh, wasabi icing and it's a yay. Oh. Joanna Griggs. Ew. Darren Purchase. Please stop. Oh. Well, we will, and we'll move on to Wayne who says, if anyone got me a cake like this for my birthday, I'd stab them in the eye with a toothpick. <laughs> right. Tell us how you really feel. I think he's sort of set up uh, where we're coming from with this. Sushi is proof that the Japanese are lazy. If you... <laughs> Sorry, I just find that really amusing. <laughs> if you can't be bothered cooking, bitten bot, then the effort fighting a world war takes <laughs> will never go very well at all. Uh, if I had a pet cat that was particularly awesome, then I might purchase such a squishy, manky dish of disgustingness. Mm. Disgustingness. But human beings blessed with a sense of taste and or smell would avoid such a horrendous <laughs> concoction with the passion of... of <laughs> Jeez, oh, I think I've lost this one. Um, anyway, yeah, I suppose you could deliberately not blow the candles out in the hope that it bur- they burn down and at least partially cook <laughs> this pancake of foulness. It would be worth a shot. It's actually an interesting concept. Just let the you let the candles. He's actually got you. But just, I'm sorry. He he had me when he said the Japanese were lazy. If you can't be bothered cooking, you've got no chance in the world of war. But anyway, um, but that's not a bad concept. Let the candles burn down and then actually partly uh. cooks the fish. Um, now, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to clean this up. I would rather chow down on one of Satan's unmentionable pieces um, <laughs> that, that is the avocado than this. Uh, anyway, is uh, biggest for whatever <laughs> at the end, no. Well done, Wayne. You actually got yes, Kevin by the tail. Yes, he did. And, I, and believe it or not, I sort of pre-read that as well. So, um, You're no, gone. No Look excuse. No, it's very, very funny. Um, huh. So an, outst- an overwhelming no. no. Really? Surprise, surprise. A cake's supposed to be a bit of fun. I'd have one. You know I love all things fishy. Oh, no, not – I can't – I walk past the sushi bars and just go, sorry, someone throw him a box oh, of matches. You're no fun, are you? Throw him a box of matches. Give the chef a box of matches and tell him to whack a bit of fire underneath this. You don't have to whack any fire underneath your no. cheese. Your cheese is ready to go at cheeselinks.com.au. 
get a, a voucher for a, a workshop. Or order some equipment online yep. um, and you can have a stab at uh, making cheese yourself in yep. your very own Absolutely. kitchen. Absolutely. 52821984. That's Janet's number. Hope you enjoyed uh, this edition <laughs> of the um, – oh, Wayne, really. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Food Bites podcast. Uh, when next we join you, we'll have a, another terrific guest, another super, super guest. We've got so many of them lined up. Uh, all good ones, but uh, none better than Ken Jones. Sorry, what's that, Skip? <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, Wayne's very funny, said Skip. <laughs> what's that, Skip? Oh. oh, yeah, no, that's what Wayne meant. That word that after Satan, that's what that was. Um, until next week. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.